dogs have a way of leveling that emotion out. And we heard that over and over again when you would go into a group that was distressed or struggling. There's just that energy level where everybody kind of gets on the same page. So it helped ministries move ahead. I'm Phil Hatterman, and this is Dog Words, presented by Rosie Fund. Today, Kathy O'Dowd and Linda Haney tell us about Church of the Resurrection's pet ministry. If you're new to Dog Words, in each episode, we explore the world of dog care and companionship. We Save Each Other is the motto of Rosie Fund, which simply means the more we do for dogs, the more they do for us, and they already do a lot. You can support Rosie Fund through donations or by making a purchase through one of the affiliates at rosiefund.org. This helps provide the Rosie Life Starter Kits that make sure senior and harder-to-adopt dogs have some of the items they'll need in their forever home. This makes them much more adoptable. Any donation amount is greatly appreciated, but popular levels include $30 to provide a collar and leash for a Rosie Life Starter Kit dog and $100 to cover an entire kit. You can also support Rosie Fund by downloading, subscribing, rating, and most importantly, sharing dog words. Follow us on social media, including the free Rosie Fund YouTube channel that offers great videos of Rosie, Peaches, and shelter dogs looking for their forever home. Even if you aren't looking for a dog, watching and sharing the videos helps them go viral and gives these dogs much-needed exposure. We welcome your comments, questions, and suggestions, especially if you have an idea for a topic or guest. Go to the podcast page at rosiefund.org to share your thoughts. Please download, follow, rate, and most importantly, share dog words. Next time on Dog Words, Bestie B&B shares how providing a safe place for pets is helping domestic violence shelters give peace of mind and support to survivors of abuse. On some of our recent episodes of Dog Words, I've given updates on Peach's Delight at the end of the show. I'm going to give the update right now, which is that she is doing well. She's holding steady with her chemo treatment for her bladder cancer and her zolodronate for her hyperparathyroidism. I believe I mentioned a couple shows ago that she's sleeping a lot more, but she's always slept a lot. Still surprises us with occasional bursts of being her old perky, spunky, and sassy self. Is always bossy. The dogs in the neighborhood still know she's in charge. So we're just taking it day by day, which is how dogs always approach life. So in 2022, the year of Peaches, we're just taking things at her speed. You can also get Peaches updates by following Rosie Fund on social media. You won't get a lot of details on her treatment, but you will get to see pictures and videos. The mission of Rosie Fund is to provide humans with the resources and education they need to give senior and harder to adopt dogs a better life. We thank you for joining our mission. Today on Dog Words, I welcome Kathy O'Dowd and Linda Haney from Church of the Resurrection's Pet Ministry. Welcome to Dog Words. Thank you. Thanks, Phil. I find most of my guests from recommendations and referrals from people that we've interviewed. And the pet ministry obviously is very popular because I've had multiple guests saying, you've got to talk to the pet ministry. You've got to get them on Dog Words. So, we have made that happen. Thank you so much for not only what you do with the pet ministry, but finding time to come on Dog Words and talk about it. And I want to find out more about how each of you got involved with this and how it got started. Go through that whole story. First of all, tell us what is Church of the Resurrection's pet ministry? The pet ministry was started by Kathy and I somewhat independently. 
we both had an idea that church was a good place for pets to be and church is a good place for good works to be done. We both come from business backgrounds. I work with therapy animals. I created a request to the church to see if we could bring in some therapy animals. At about the same time, Kathy had a similar idea to do a pet ministry, independently submitted her idea, and one of the members of the church, divinely, put us two together. We did not know each other and found that we each had an interest in animals and service in different areas. Um, Kathy worked in animal welfare, worked with Humane Society. I work primarily with therapy animals. So we got together and found that not only was there a strong interest, we were aligned. Almost all of our writing even was aligned in what we presented. So we formed a leadership team, a very small group of people with the ideas that we had, and we kicked it off in 2016, I believe. And at the same time that we were doing that, Pastor Adam Hamilton just happened to be doing a summer series, a sermon series for two weeks on dogs and God. So we scrambled a little bit and tag-teamed on on that sermon series. Sounds like it was meant to be that not only were you working on it independently, but that Pastor Hamilton, that, that probably helped. It gave you a real deadline because without that, it's like, okay, let's figure out the best way to do this. Let's move forward, and we've got all the pieces put together. Then we will have our pet ministry. But with something like that, well, we've got a deadline. Well, and in all candor, when we started this up, we didn't know what areas we wanted to cover yet. And so when he did that sermon series, we had a table out there in the narthex and it said pet ministry and people came up and they go, well, what's this all about? And, you know, our take was, well, what would you like it to be about? You tell us. And one of the biggest things that Linda and I heard was, you know, um, when I lost my dog, my cat, whatever, I didn't feel like I could go to grief group because I'm sitting right next to someone who lost their spouse or their son or daughter or whatever, but I'm still experiencing a whole lot of grief. And any of us who've had animals who we've lost, we know what that's like. Mm -hmm. So grief was a huge component of it with Linda's background with the therapy animals. And of course, this is all pre-COVID. So that was really, really an active area. That was huge. So we started out really not knowing quite what we wanted to do, but it has evolved. It has evolved over time. And it could have continued to evolve in the planning stage and never get implemented because that happens with a lot of good ideas that don't move on to being great ideas that get implemented because the perfect becomes the enemy of the good. You're trying to figure out what is the perfect way to roll this out, what is exactly what everyone needs. So getting that feedback from people allowed you to see, here's where there is the need. Here's what needs to be implemented. What was the next stage? Was the next stage being overwhelmed with, well, how do we make all of these people meet all the needs of all these people who have been waiting for this thing? Well, not really, because it was hard to get the word out about what we were doing. Linda mentioned earlier when you asked how we all started that uh, we both come from business backgrounds and that both of our plans were very much aligned with each other. And I I just don't know how we could have gone forward as many years as we've gone forward. I could not have done it without Linda. And I hope she feels the same way about me, but together we looked at 
well, what are some things you'd like to do? What are some things I'd like to do? One of the things I wanted to do was offer educational classes. I thought that would be pretty cool. And Linda wanted to gear up with the therapy dogs and, and we wanted to do the grief component. So every year we decided, okay, let's only take on what we can very competently handle and execute. And that's kind of how we started. And so every year we have tried to take on an additional initiative, but only if we felt we could handle it. So towards the end of the year and and into the new year, we're very involved in strategic planning. And that's more Linda and I than anybody else on our leadership team. We're coming up with what classes do we want to do? What worked well last year? What should we get rid of? All that kind of thing. And we track everything that we do as well. Because we want to be able to, at the end of the year, produce a report that says, here's what we've accomplished this year. So we try to handle it in a rather business-like fashion. That's important for any not-for-profit or any service group because if you're opening a restaurant, it's real easy to identify when you are failing because you're losing money or there's no one in your restaurant or whether it's a store or any kind of business. With a service like this, something that's meeting a community need, especially a not-for-profit, it can be hard not to get caught up in the emotion of we are helping. And you're not looking at a bottom line. Are we expanding? Are we making profits? Are we, you know, cranking out widgets? And so you can sort of delude yourself into thinking we're doing good when you're actually doing nothing. Mm -hmm. So your business background has shown you, you've got to track what are our goals? Are we meeting those goals at the end of the year? Review our performance. Where do we need to change, adapt? What are our strengths? That business perspective, I think, is overlooked by a lot of well-meaning not-for-profits. They have an emotional investment in what they're doing, but then they don't look at it rationally. Mm -hmm. Right. And we had to secure funding. Our ministry was not funded by the church. So once we put together our team, we had to talk about what reasonably could we do and how are we going to get funded? So also divinely, again, at that time I was working as a new employee at a company who had a volunteer service award. And my manager suggested that I apply for it because she knew I volunteered a lot. And I said, I don't really feel like that's appropriate. I'm a new employee. And she said, well, the prize is $5,000 to the charity of your choice. I've been here long enough. Paperwork was completed. (laughs) I did win it. And so we were able to fund almost immediately with that initial donation from my organization. So that was, again, another way to move forward. I mean, the stars were aligned. Things were moving well. We also chose our leadership team, very small, but each of us had an area of expertise. We had somebody who worked in animal welfare, who worked in outreach. Kathy knew the ins and outs of the Humane Society and working in that community. She volunteered with some rescue groups. I worked in service and therapy animals. So we all had our expertise and I think that helped us propel forward. And we also never really strayed out of our lane. If something came along and we were like, "Mm, maybe not this year, but maybe another time or we had an idea and maybe it was the time then we would work together to do that. But I think our biggest challenge initially was educating people on what pet ministry is 
having dogs in church, how we can support people. So one of the things I did with the therapy dogs was I connected with all the small service groups that the church uses to support people in care, grief, divorce, recovery, any kind of group where somebody might just need a little extra love. And we started to bring the dogs into the church. And so that was a great way to, who doesn't love a dog coming into whatever group you're going to, that was a great, easy way to get the word out that we had some things going on. And dogs have a way of leveling that emotion out. And we heard that over and over again, when you would go into a group that was distressed or struggling, there's just that energy level where everybody kind of gets on the same page. So it helped ministries move ahead as well. Yes, dogs are great marketing tools. Yes, they are. The people that you reach with the pet ministry, it's obviously a great resource for those who attend Church of the Resurrection. And we have listeners all around the world who may (laughs) have no idea what I'm talking about when I say Church of the Resurrection. But that is a ministry in Kansas City that has multiple locations. If you live in Kansas City and have really any level of awareness. You've probably heard of Church of the Resurrection, so that's a large population you're serving. But looking at your website, which will be linked in the description for this episode, you serve much more than just members of your congregation. We do. And if I could share a couple of initiatives, which... Please. We definitely go outside of core members And it's interesting. We don't even know where some of these people have heard about us, but okay, the grief ministry is one way. Now, the grief ministry is a situation where when we find out about somebody who's lost a pet, we reach out to them. Now, I am a lay minister called a care minister at Church of the Resurrection. So consequently, I'm kind of a conduit to get those prayer requests from people who say, hey, I've lost my dog. I'm absolutely bereft. And when I get one like that, I will reach out to them and indicate my empathy and I will send them a prayer or whatever, but I I reach out to them personally. But then on our leadership team, we have two people who are dedicated strictly to the grief ministry. And one of those two people is an absolutely gifted, well, he writes grief notes. And that doesn't even give it enough weight because his are so good and so from the heart that we hear back from people who've received them who just wanna say, oh my gosh, I just wanna thank him for what he sent to me. And then to follow that up, we have a book on loss, on pet loss, and a couple of other small things that we put in a gift bag and we take it out and put it on their porch just to let them know we get it. We understand that their heart is hurting when they have a loss. So we hear about this. I mean, my Pilates instructor might tell me about somebody who's lost their dog. And you know what? As soon as I hear about it, as long as I've got their address, We act on it. We don't care whether they're members of the church or not. Linda, do you want me to go ahead and talk about the foundation? Sure. Okay, so that's another area that has been a really, really neat outreach. And and that was started, gosh, a number of years ago, a woman who has since passed away donated a sum of money to the Church of the Resurrection Foundation. It was specifically designated, kind of like Rosie Fund, I think, specifically designated for the care of animals whose pet parents could not afford veterinary care. Well, it sat there in that church account until we heard about it. And then we reached out to the people in charge of the foundation and said, why don't you let us administer those funds? 
And they finally agreed to do it. It took about, what, 18 months to two years for the degree to allow us to do that. Let's see, we got it in December of 2020, and we had one recipient in 2020, and then in 2021, 17 more. Wow. And we have depleted those funds. We used them all up, and it was an amazing thing, and I think we felt more blessed by it than anybody. But, you know, I would ask these people, how in the world did you hear about us? Because they'd live in small rural areas in Missouri or Kansas or whatever. And, you know, it was just through word of mouth, through referral. But we don't care if they're members of CORE. To us, this outreach is what we should be doing. This outreach is what we're all about. Two things I want to make sure of. One is anyone in the greater Kansas City area, don't limit yourself as far as access to resources because, well, I don't go to Church of the Resurrection. Correct. This is for everyone. And then the second thing I want to make sure of is if you have a pet ministry somewhere else or want to start one, follow that model. It's not just for the people who walk through your doors. It's for the people that you can find who need help. It's for everyone. So it's so touching and reassuring to see that that is how you are approaching this way of serving people and the pets that they love. Well, at this point in time, we have no more money. We have spent yeah. all that money. Yeah. But not just uh, that program, but that overall philosophy that well, we're here for you, everyone. Yeah, Linda and I both agree that anything we do, we are happy to share with anyone else. Anything. We'll share whatever programs we do. The church itself has something called Share Church, where we share all of our links. Any books or programs are available to anybody all over the world on Share Church, and our pet ministry information is there as well. So if somebody was looking to start a pet ministry, they can just sign in, log on to Share Church and find that information out there. And we're always available to help people kind of talk through what that might look like. Even though you've used up the funds for that program to help pets in need, something like your pet ministry, you say, well, you don't know how people find us. They are finding you. So if someone feels called to help those who can't cover their pets' medical costs or whatever issues they have, you don't need to go out and find those in need. You need to find something like Church of the Resurrection's pet ministry and they will get the funds to those in need. So you don't have to do all the heavy lifting. If, if you have the funds, if you want to help, you don't have to start your own foundation. You don't have to create a website. You don't have to put up flyers at veterinary clinics. Find someplace like Church of the Resurrection, and they'll do that work for you. They'll get the money where it needs to go. We have a process. We work directly with a veterinarian. So when someone asks for funding to help with a pet medical veterinary need, we work directly with their vet and make those payments directly to them. So it works very well. And a lot of times these are urgent situations. Yes, we've been going through treatments for peaches. And uh, when she goes in for her treatments, every time I'm in the lobby waiting for her, this is at an emergency care facility and pet hospital. Somebody comes in and you can tell all they are thinking about is, what can I do for my pet? Right. And 
And I can tell some of those people based on, and this is going to sound like uh, profiling, but I think this is the appropriate form of profiling, based on the car they drive and what they're wearing and the condition of their pet, I don't know how they're going to pay for the treatment. They probably don't know how they're going to pay for the treatment. But in that moment, that doesn't matter. All that matters is their beloved pet. Correct. This was something that just, it touched our hearts so much. And when I mentioned earlier, is a blessing to us. I mean, I remember one young man who he called uh, crying. Well, actually, when I returned the call, I, his dog had gotten hit by a car and he said, I don't know what I can do. I either have to put her down or get help in paying this bill because they had to amputate her leg. Mm-hmm. Well, you know what? We paid for the amputation and he sent us a video later that I just treasure and it showed his dog sissy just running around, you know, a little tripod and, and dogs don't have the ego thing going that people mm-hmm. have. She was a happy girl, happy to be alive. And he was thrilled. Yeah. So it, it's just, it's really something when you think about somebody who's thinking, okay, I don't know if I can afford this. Am I going to have to put my dog down? That's, that's really something. And would be tragic. And I'll refer people. I'll link this in the, description to our tripods interview with the tripods foundation dogs don't care if anything you need to rein them in when they've lost a leg that they don't feel sorry for themselves they don't uh, mope around they just want to go back to what they were doing before in many cases you're not taking away their leg you're taking away their pain yeah if it's an injury or if it's cancer or whatever that's slowing them down this frees them up And to be able to make that decision based on what is best for your pet, whether it's a dog or a cat or any other animal, and on the finances is really where we're trying to help people to get to. Anything that you can do to help fund pet care through something like contributing to Church of Resurrection's pet ministry, any other programs that you want to highlight, make sure that either our our listeners know about or that might inspire others to do the same? Sure. We do a monthly class of interest on pet topics, and it is on the third Thursday. We've been doing them by Zoom since COVID, and it's a variety of topics of interest, mostly to us and everybody else. Sometimes we have speakers who have changed careers and work in animal welfare, kind of inspirational people. Sometimes we have educational Ask the Trainer. We just had uh, Bestie B&B. I don't know if you know them, but they work with domestic violence. Groups. They, <laughs> Bestie BNB is going to be on Dog Words very soon because we had Kim Shaw Ellis from Synergy Services on and she talked about that partnership with Bestie BNB. So they were our January speaker. We've had veterinarians speak. So some of them are practical topics, how to travel with your dog, dog nutrition. Some are um, demos. We had Missouri Search and Rescue come and bring their dogs and show us how they train. Just lots of variety. So that's something we've really enjoyed, a good way to connect with people and, uh, and get some good information out. So our classes are really fun. We've done a grief workshop for people who are grieving for a long time where we had resources come in and talk a little bit about 
not only the grief process, but how to plan for the loss of your pet, maybe some endowment type things if you're looking to have a place or a pet cemetery. So we've done a few workshop type things, some adoption events. When the church holds events, like a wellness fair, we participate in those kinds of events as well. So we might bring in dogs from one of the rescues and have those available during those kinds of events. Um, the church did Blessing of the Animals prior to us being a ministry, but we've taken that on. So once a year, we do a blessing service. The last two years, they've been drive up, drive through blessings. If you don't want to get out of your vehicle because of COVID and we did a video, uh, the pastor did a lovely video for the blessing. So that was always fun. And, and Tom Bradley of- takes our pictures for that. Yes, he does. Very nicely volunteers. I'll um, link to his interview in the uh, description as, as well. If you haven't listened to the Tom Bradley interview, you need to, one, listen to the interview, and two, visit his website. The photographs, all of his yeah. photographs are amazing. It's not just that he does pets. The, all of his, his work is wonderful, right. but especially his underpaw photography with the pets is just beautiful. Yes. He was one of our speakers, actually. He did a wonderful program for us. Right. How to take pictures of your pets. And then as things come up, we've been in ministry for a while, so sometimes things come up that we hear about. So we have therapy dogs who generally do programs at the church. Special needs ministry is one of them, but we also have a senior program. And as people go to nursing homes, sometimes the hard thing about that is they leave their pets behind. Maybe a family member takes them. Mm -hmm. So we have a program called Low on a Leash. If one of our care ministers hears that someone in a nursing home is missing their pet, we will do a one-on-one visit with a therapy dog just to make sure that they have that kind of continuing love of pets. So that was a new thing that we started when that just happened to be something that came up. We also have a food pantry at our Overland Park location, and we reached out to them a year or so ago and asked, were they having a need for dog and cat food? And we started providing that. So they let us know when they need food. And I just got some stats this month on how much food they are giving out. And it's a great service project for families. You know, if you've got a 30-pound sack of food, we bag it in smaller bags so people can take it. And um, they were going through 500 pounds of dog food a month, just kibble for dogs. So they take dog and cat food. We set it up so you can ship it straight from Amazon or Chewy if you want, or you can drive by and drop it off. So as we see needs, we're able to step into the community and help. Our mission is to serve people and pets. And so any need that looks like it meets that criteria, we're on it. One initiative that we are working on right now. It hasn't happened yet, so I want to make sure I am clear about that, but we want to work with some of the rescue groups that offer services like vaccination clinics, Mm -hmm. and we can do that in like a mobile unit located on one of our various campuses. We would love to offer that as a service to people who live in that area, but that hasn't come to fruition yet. We're still working on the, the details of that. Well, I don't doubt that you will make it happen based on the wonderful things you've done so far that you obviously feel called to do this and you and your team have the skill and talent. I'm just so proud of Kansas City and what we do for our community in general, but how we take care of pets, the way we are stewards of 
of the animals that are part of our community. So thank you so much, Kathy O'Dowd and Linda Haney, for not only starting this program, but adapting it to meet community needs, especially in tough times like a pandemic. That's Church of the Resurrection's pet ministry that's going to be linked in the description with all the other resources we've mentioned in this interview and the other guests that I've mentioned. Kathy, Linda, thank you for joining us today. You're so welcome. Thank you. I'm Phil Hatterman, and you've been listening to Dog Words, presented by Rosie Fund. Thank you so much to Kathy O'Dowd and Linda Haney from Church of the Resurrection's Pet Ministry. Check the episode description for links to their resources and to the Dog Words episodes I referenced. Next time on Dog Words, Bestie B&B shares how providing a safe place for pets is helping domestic violence shelters give peace of mind and support to survivors of abuse. A big thank you to alternative string duo The Wires, featuring cellist Sasha Groshong and violinist Laurel Morgan Parks, for playing the wonderful music you've heard on today's and previous episodes of Dog Words. Supporting The Wires supports our mission. Learn more about The Wires, including their concert schedule at thewires.info, and download their music on iTunes. Check out fiddlelife.com and learn to play fiddle and cello fiddle online from Laurel and Sasha, even if you've never played before. Don't forget to join Laurel and Sasha as they explore new music and delve into the inspiration behind each work as hosts of Sound Currents on 91.9 Classical KC. Click on the Sound Currents link in the description for more information. Go to rosyfund.org to shop and get links to our social media. As always, please download, follow, rate, and share dog words. This helps us with sponsorships, and Rosie Fund can help more dogs. Send us your comments, questions, and suggestions at rosyfund.org, and let us know if you would like to be a sponsor or a guest of the Dog Words podcast. Thank you for listening, and remember, we save each other. <laughs>